Alright, three, two, one. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to the Nerd Stuff with Ian 2.0 podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ian. And I figured I will continue with our Hulk story, or I guess our pretty much Hulk part three of just kind of different writers writing the Hulk and just kind of the themes they bring forth with their Hulk titles. Now, this is one of the last bigger runs of the Hulk until, you know, there's, primarily with Bruce Banner. And when I put that out there, because as I talked about last time with Greg Pack, he does go along with doing Amadeus show, which I'm probably not going to talk about. I'll probably do that maybe at a later day. But I figure we'll stick primarily with Bruce Banner Hulk and the stories that were influential for that character in general. And we'll kind of keep it going. Now, once I do part four, I believe that'll be... I mean, catching you guys up to almost at Immortal Hulk. Now, I could talk about Immortal Hulk at some point. Which... I might, but I'll probably just make that a whole separate, separated from this. So, without further ado, let me get into it. So, the Hulk story, the Hulk story I'm about to get into is, this takes place after Prince Greg Pax, World War Hulk, Planet Hulk, and all the events that went into that. You're now on to Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis' Hulk, or technically Red Hulk run. Now... The Red Hulk run runs off a couple different premises. First one being, and one of the major themes is, the mystery. Who is the Red Hulk? And I won't, you know, tell you who it is. I won't, you know, fully go in depth with that because at the end of the day, it's a great story that plays into it. Now, I will say, in regards to... There are some people that will say, oh, well, if they revealed who the Red Hulk was earlier... It would have, you know, I think it would have kept steam. There are others that are like, no, it did fine. I'm on the side of, I think it did fine for the fact that it took the time it did. You know, because it kept readers coming back. Now, I think maybe it could have been like two or three issues sooner. But, end of the day, it's still a great, you know, mystery and a great story. Now, I know there's some people that are probably like, oh, well, I know who it is. And at that point, if you do, it don't really matter. But it, you know, don't spoil it for people who've not read the run or who are like, hey, I'm curious about, I want to get into the Hulk, what, you know, this might be my run. So, some of the bigger themes that play into Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis' run, or Red Hulk run, is, one, you know, hatred of the Hulk. If you're somebody who truly hates the Hulk, would you be somebody that'd be willing to go so far to hate the own monster that you feel has destroyed your life, that you're willing to go and become a monster just like him, or just like your greatest foe? That's a theme that's played in, you know, because at the end of the day, the Red Hulk, his main theme behind it is really and truly... Him going so far to get revenge on the Hulk. His pure, unadulterated hatred. You know, how can I get revenge on 
someone who has ruined my life, who has ruined my family, who's done all these things to me, and I want them dead. And he's like, I want to take everything from them. And that's a major theme that comes in with the Hulk. And he wants to show him the, our Red Hulk by Jeff Loeb. So we're just going to call it Red Hulk at this point, just to make it a little easier. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> Sorry, probably should drink a little more water before I start doing this one. So, that being one of them. The other is the mystery of who is the Red Hulk. And with that, you know, the third part of it is, well, now I'm a Hulk. Now I have to understand why people hate him. I put all this anger and rage into trying to beat him and kill him, do all these things. Now people think I'm just as big of a villain. That what I thought I was doing right might be ultimately what really puts me in the wrong. And those three themes, particularly the first theme of such hatred, you're willing to do whatever it takes to defeat your enemy. And now that you're on the other side of it, now that you've, you know, managed to beat them in certain ways, which I'll go over that. Now you got to deal with the fact that now you could potentially be looked at as worse than the enemy you were. Now, with the first issue of Red Hulk, when it came out, it was it was a interesting. It set the tone straight off to put it out there for you guys. Pretty much, all you see is you're out in Russia. You have abominate. You have pretty much. I think it's Leonard Sampson, aka Doc Sampson, Iron Man. Uh. She-Hulk and a couple of the other Russian superheroes I can't remember off the top of their off the top of my head, like Red Guardian and all them. And they're coming to the dead body of Abomination, Emil Blonsky. Emil Blonsky is a, in all intents and purposes, if you've seen the Incredible Hulk, similar, the Incredible Hulk movie with 2008 with Emil, where Hulk went against the Abomination. Similar, Abomination in a lot of ways was at first a lot stronger than Hulk, but he also had his own brains. He also stole his brains. He had all the strength and the brains. But he was also, you know, crazy in a lot of ways. So his bigger issue was, like, I can beat the Hulk, but, and he wildly was more powerful, but the Hulk just found ways to win. And that was kind of what made Abomination a great villain. Now, pretty much Abomination, along with other villains like the leader, and the leader being probably one of the Hulk's biggest villains, I guess if you want to argue that out, being that. But the book starts off with, or the series starts off with, them coming across the dead body of Abomination. He's been shot. He's been shot by some sort of gamma weapon, a weapon that only S.H.I.E.L.D. has access to. And you just see this giant red hand and it fired a gun at him. Firing a gun at Abomination. I mean, he beat him down bad and killed him. And that sets the tone for what, for how the series is going to go. You know, he's going through. Red Hulk, he ends up in the next issue. 
After they're still figuring out who it is, he invades one of the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarriers. Now, at this time, this is post-Civil War era, so when this book's being written, Tony Stark, if I recall, is still one of the heads of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, of course, Iron Man and She-Hulk, they they just get completely, like, they don't, in issue two, like, they don't even stand a chance against him. Like, he just runs through him. He does what he wants. Because they're still trying to figure out who he is, how he got in, like, how fingerprint scan, everything like that, and he just can't. Like, Red Hulk's like, I'm not letting this happen. He's like, I'm not ending my mystery early. He's like, I'm trying to ruin Hulk's name. I'm trying to, you know, go in and make people hate the Hulk even more. He's like, I want revenge. I want to know where he is. And that becomes a theme that is heavily played upon by Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis. And the artwork, if you really like your, you know, your brute characters, just huge, like, like juice to the gills huge, then definitely I recommend, like, Ed McGinnis' artwork. Like, I don't mind it because it fits really well with the Hulk. And Red Hulk. And a lot of the bigger, bulkier characters. But when you get to like... You know... Thor and other characters who... They're big, but they're not like... Gagoosh. Like, pretty much world's strongest man. I'm like... You know, flexing out. Like, muscles coming out of nowhere. Then you're kind of like, eh, I don't know. But he does well with that. And the artwork, I feel like, plays really well for the Hulk. And then you have a great battle, which I alluded to when I did my original Hulk podcast and my overview. You have a great battle between Thor and Red Hulk. And Thor just pretty much is coming at him. He's hitting him heavy, heavy, like with heavy, heavy shots. Bringing on thunder and lightning. And Thor ends up launching Red Hulk into the atmosphere. And then throws Mjolnir at him. Now, Red Hulk, because unlike the regular Hulk, he, just like the Abomination, he has still has his thoughts of them. He's thinking tactically. So, he's not, like, just being stupid about the fights he's getting into. He's like, nah. He's like, alright, well, if this is how it's gonna go, I gotta, you know, I gotta outsmart Thor. I'm not trying to go in and just be, you know, outdone super easily. He's like, I know how to beat him. So, uses Thor's hammer, and Thor thinks he's able to pick it up. So, of course, at this time, this is before Unworthy Thor and a lot of things. So, Thor still has regular Mjolnir. And Thor's thought process is, wait, he, if he's able to lift my hammer, then he must be worthy. And that scares him because he could technically take, in his thought process, if he's worthy, he could technically take my powers. The powers of Thor and become not only as strong as the Hulk, as he is, but also wield the hammer of Thor. Now you think about that, that's a pretty bad combination for anybody to deal with. But he doesn't. He uses centrifugal force and knowing gravity and launches the hammer right back at Thor and just puts him out. 
I mean, he takes out Thor pretty bad. And then one of the bigger disadvantages with the Red Hulk is when the angrier he gets, the longer a fight goes, the more power he puts out, he puts out a lot of heat. And that heat can be very draining once it gets to a point. So he's in a lot of ways, he's like a, uh, a radiator. You know, radiator's good for a while. You don't want to leave it on for a long time because it'll burn out. So unlike the regular Incredible Hulk or regular Green Hulk, he has, in a lot of ways, a ceiling he's slowly recognizing he has. He can't, you know, get angrier and angrier and angrier. Like, his energy and his abilities are not, at the end of the day, infinite. They are to an extent, but he has to be smart. Because the longer it goes on, the weaker he's going to get. And the be more problems he's going to have once, you know... Let's say the Hulk or anybody else like that really comes at him and they really get him to a point to where he's got to retreat, which within that you see where pretty much Red Hulk finds where Bruce Banner is. Bruce Banner Hulk confronts him and ends up losing, like gets his gamma energy removed, like gets taken away. And now he's got to, you know, figure out what to do. Like he... He gets pretty outdone easily, and the Red Hulk really just takes it to him because that's another one of his abilities is he's able to siphon off gamma energy, and it does. And it's a smart ability to have because if you're dealing with gamma foes, it helps you out because it can make you win a fight pretty handily, especially when you're going against a guy like the Hulk or Abomination, you know, or even. A-Bomb, who was another character that is, at this time, is Rick Jones. Who Rick Jones is the sidekick of Bruce Banner, who, if you know Hulk history, he was the guy that Bruce Banner saved before the Gamma Bomb went off. He was the young kid he pushed into the pit to prevent him from getting hit with radiation. Bruce got hit with the radiation, and that's how Bruce, quote-unquote, became the Hulk. Well, with that... Rick Jones also has, ha has been exposed with gamma radiation, and he becomes A-bomb. And similar to what Abomination looks like, he's more of like similar in look to what Abomination is, but he's blue, and he's more like Armadillo. Like he's more armored up. He's on the power of the Hulk, but he can hold his own in some fights. And he's decently powerful enough to you know, put up a fight against certain people. And which... A-Bomb does do that. You know, he tries, but Red Hulk proves he's like, I'm stronger than you, and he just outdoes him. And like I talked about earlier, where Red Hulk, you know, went and, you know, siphoned off the energy of the Hulk, or Green Hulk at this point, he takes advantage of that. So Bruce Banner has to think. He's like, well, I can't become the Hulk because my gamma energy's been drained. Like, I I can't be him right now. Now, mind you, this is also still coinciding with, at this point, this is Greg Pak still writing Hulk. He's still writing the Hulk. He's he had just finished up, and think, or if not, he's working with incredible or working on Incredible Hercules, as well as Scar, and doing other Hulk titles. A little bit of everything he's kind of doing while Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis they're doing. 
their story and it plays out well. So it gives Greg Pak a chance to work on Hercules, work on the character of Scar, who's the Hulk's son. So it's not limited, but their series do cross. And they play well together in certain uh, for a little while until Prince Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis end up leaving the book. And that's not until like 30 some odd issues in. And it takes a bit. So, pretty much, Hulk ends up, you know, of course has to get around two. And Thor comes in and pretty much helps save Bruce Banner Green Hulk from Red Hulk. You know, because after Red Hulk beats him down, like Thor's like, nah, I'm not letting this play out the way you think it is. And, I mean, he takes it to him. And he shows him, like, hey, you, you surprised me when you threw, when you grabbed my hammer and threw it back at me. But I recognize what you did. You're not worthy. You're just use you used my hammer against me. I threw it in the atmosphere with you. And I played against myself. This time I'm not letting that happen. And I mean, he takes it to him. And Red Hulk has to retreat, of course. Because at this point, he has absorbed the power of the Green Hulk. So this is where Bruce is kind of like, well, what do I do? So Bruce has to start thinking. Bruce has to, you know, figure out, well, who's a guy that would, you know, would be, like, what's a weakness he has? And when... Green Hulk and Red Hulk end up having their rematch. You know, Hulk shows, he's Bruce Banner and the Hulk, they show like, no, we figured you out. Like, your weakness is you, the anger you get, unlike me, I get stronger. You have a building point. And after that, once you've taken up a lot of radiation or once you've built up a lot of anger and your heat's coming off too much, you're at a disadvantage, so I can beat you. And what she manages to do it, but they still, you know, Red Hulk, of course, ends up escaping. And, like I said, those themes I talked about earlier of hatred and now becoming the monster playing to the run. Where, you know, Hulk and him, of course, they have their battles. They end up having to, you know, team up. They reform that you have the Defenders versus the... <clears throat> can't remember the group that was reform with the red hulk it was a uh, silver surfer <clears throat> hulk now <clears throat> sorry this being the group this is the original defenders that came up so you had hulk silver surfer doctor strange and submariner pretty powerful team versus <clears throat> at this time red hulk formed another team of his own and with his team, he formed pretty much a pretty deadly group. Ah, <clears throat> sorry. Formed a pretty deadly group, which was Red Hulk, Tiger Shark. I think, uh, was it Baron Mordu? Uh, give it a second. I gotta remember. Tiger Shark is a major, major, uh, villain of Submariner and I can never remember like the whole team name but essentially they're kind of the Red Hulk and Green Hulk they're drafted into this sort of battle the defenders versus 
I can't remember the name, but each of them, like, the greatest foes of each of them, they end up having to battle it out. And Hulk and his team, of course, they end up pulling out the win at the end of it. But the villains, you know, they still show up. Like, they showed, like, hey, you're not as great as you guys thought you were. And it was a classic throwback to the Defenders group. Now, I'm still encouraging reading it because there's still stuff I'm kind of skipping over within it. Just because it doesn't really apply to some of the themes and everything else I want to put out there. But overall, Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis' run on the Hulk, particularly the Red Hulk, was probably my favorite Hulk run. You know, I know a lot of people be like, oh, Greg Pax runs the best, which I won't deny. It is probably one of the best out there. But preferably, I like Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis' run on the Hulk. I think it was just, for me, fun. Like, I like the concepts, the themes like I talked about earlier. All that stuff played into a great story. And I guess the people to kind of keep going, you know, of course they figure out who the Red Hulk is. You know, they start, you know, you see more of different mysteries pop up, different characters. You know, you start seeing where, you know, Red Hulk, of course, now he's kind of, now he's been exposed. And with everything that's going on, now they've got to figure out what to do. And now he becomes hunted by the government. So the one person he hated because, you know, he, because the Hulk was, was you know, a monster and destroyed, you know, his life, or a person's life, you know, now he's going, now he has to do with those same things because he's done damage. He's pretty much put himself in all those same situations. And I think to me, that's an interesting dynamic because it was a good theme that I think overall plays really well for a comic book. And it's something that I think for a Hulk title, it kind of needed. Now it is used later on with Amadeus Cho where now I'll talk about it a little bit to kind of just dug or I guess piggyback right off what I talked about with, Earlier, you see that with Amadeus Cho, where he thinks he's got control of the Hulk, but slowly over time you realize you can't control the Hulk. And that plays in with Greg Pak's run. Now, all these themes of the Hulk you guys have seen, you know, they're in all intents and purposes, they're they're leading up to, you know, really truly development of a character and developing of his rogues gallery at the end of the day. And there's still stuff I haven't even fully gone in depth with because a lot of that, I would just still say, read the runs, you know, read in particular those, you can pick any of those runs of the character and you can really, you know, all intents and purposes. Sorry about the loud noise. Uh, something's going on outside. I don't know where at, but if you guys do hear, fire truck or anything like that, I do apologize. But, uh, essentially, each one of those, you know, up to this point, those are the big three runs I encourage a lot of people to read. You know, the next one, that one's going to be more smaller runs, in particular, like Mark Wade, his run on it, you know, Jason Aaron. You know, the smaller runs leading into... Now, the Immortal Hulk, which 
I guess I'll throw a lot of those in together. But I think what I might actually, I'm going to continue it. For part four, I'm just going to do Jason Aaron and Mark Wade's run runs. Because at this point, you guys are kind of more or less up to where it is. And then, like I said, I'll talk about the Immortal Hulk at, you know, after that. But I'm going to give it a little bit of time before I really talk about the Immortal Hulk. Because, end of the day, you know, I always kind of vision this as a four-part series. Technically, it'll be five because the overview. But this will kind of just play into just different themes. That, and I think, to me, I think that works well for... And at least just for me personally, I like... You know, when I read my comic books, I want a theme. I want to overall get the theme of what you did as a writer. Because at the end of the day, I feel like that puts out a better impression towards, you know, the reader. And for people to be able to understand, like, why is he writing a character? Why is he doing this story this way? And it helps, in a lot of ways, educate people on comic books and how in a lot of ways they're not just pictures they're not just stupid pictures and stories they're actually very much weighted down in realism and you can you know depending upon the character you go with you know can utterly take you off to another whole another journey you weren't expecting or can you know take you away from something you don't really want to think about or just give you something different to read, like some stories that you would never think about reading. And I think that's what, at least to me, that's what I like about the three different runs I've talked about so far with The Incredible Hulk. Is each one of those themes has a bit of humanity that each one of us, as a human being, can understand. You can understand a hatred of somebody so much that you're willing to go down and become the very same thing that, you know, somebody else, somebody else that you truly hate is. And now that same thing you became because you hated that person now has made you worse. So now everybody hates you because of it. People can understand that theme. People can understand, you know, theme of you're finally happy. You've got everything. And there's some people that doesn't matter how much, you know, happiness you truly have. You know, somebody wants to take it away. And it's going to bring out the, you know, the true anger and rage in you. And it's going to make you mad. And it's a human emotion that's out there. And with Peter David's run, you know, to th really throw that in there, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, how you grew up and the things you parents were exposed to as a child and in your youth can truly affect you as a person it can affect you in ways that you don't even know you know psychologically physically ever since the word you know each one of those themes each one of those aspects we as human beings can understand and that's what makes the hulk in a lot of ways relatable character when done correctly and that's a theme that Overall, I feel like is something I want to push out there to people. And I feel like it'll give people a better grasp on the character. Now, I probably will do at some point another one of these uh, 
themes, but I'll do it on another character. I just don't know who I'm going to do it on yet, so I figured throw all that stuff out there. But uh, yeah, in comparison to uh, Peter David and Jeff Loeb's run, or Peter David and Greg Pak's run on the Hulk, so far, Jeff Loeb's was pretty much a flash in the pan that had ripple effects regardless. Like, it still felt, to this day for the most part, but it, it's more or less, in comparison, those two built oceans, he built a lake. He built a lake that ran to an, that streamed directly into an ocean. So it kind of worked out. And it's a weird analogy to put it that way, but they all, in a lot of ways, interweave into the character that a lot of people, you know, are always trying to figure out how to do, always trying to figure out, you know, where do I, like, I don't really know how I feel about the Hulk or anything like that. People are always kind of curious about him. And I feel like this overall, with just those three stories, if you don't even listen to part four, which I hope you guys do, but if you don't, you know, all those lead into what makes a character great, particularly for the Hulk. And it's one thing I encourage people to get in, be, get behind and to see if it's something that interests you. So, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Hopefully you guys found this insightful. And overall, I hope that you guys, you know, really do feel as though, like, this was just a great story for you guys to hear for theme-wise and everything like that. And then next episode is going to be my closing crescendo of it all. So I will uh, figure out how I want to kind of close it out for right now on that one. But essentially, if you look at this as the last chapter, fantastic. Because part four is more just going to be Smaller side stories that lead you guys up to where we're at now. So, just I'm going to call that my bonus. Actually, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to finish up part three for you guys. I'm going to finish up all the last bits of it. Just to kind of grind this out. This way part three's all done and anything like that. Or this way you have all the themes. So... With that, after Jeff Loeb, Ed McGinnis, you know, Greg Pack and a lot of them have done their work on the Hulk, you have Jason Aaron's run and you have Mark Wade's. Mark Wade's run on the Hulk, his theme and his kind of story was, well, what if the government and Bruce Banner decided to come together and instead of looking at the Hulk as the big old threat that was that was pushed forward in Jeff Loeb's run, what if... You know, we turn the Hulk into, you know, essentially a government worker. Like, we send him into areas that we don't normally want to send our soldiers into. We have him handle the business that we don't really want to be associated with. He cleans up, the, he does all the work, he takes out all the bad guys, he does everything else, and we don't have to do anything. And it was an interesting concept. I liked it. Because I think that it's a story that not many other people can really say they did for the Hulk. And I think it was one that like me and my dad had gone back and forth about was, well, why not just have the Hulk get contracted by the government? Why not just have Bruce Banner where he's left alone, he gets to work on his research, but 
every once in a while when he wants to hulk out or get mad or anything like that, you send him out to a place you don't feel that you don't want soldiers getting hurt at. You more or less just make him an anti-terrorism group or anti-terrorism guy, send him out, drop him in, and let him just get out all his anger and rage and then come back perfectly fine, and your job's done. And for, I think it was like 10 to 12 issues that it was done for, it was interesting. It was called Indestructible Hulk. And concept's cool. I'd say read it a little bit if that's something that you want to, like, overall really be, you know, find interesting. Because I think it was. I think it worked out, but it didn't last long. Because then it went right into, after that, you went to Jason Aaron's Incredible Hulk run, which... That wasn't really long-lasting either, and the main theme of that really was, at least for me, when I pulled off of it, was really the revitalization of kind of what Peter David did with the psychology of the Hulk. That the Hulk and Bruce Banner, they're never gonna, you know, truly find a balance. The Hulk's always the monster, and Bruce is always gonna be the victim to the monster. And that's an interesting theme to put out there because it throws the concept of, which has been a basic of the Hulk's mythos since the beginning, but Jason Aaron kind of really brought that back to the forefront. You know, like I talked about with Peter David, you know, his explanation for the Hulk's anger, his rage, everything like that is child abuse. His father was abusive, straight up. Greg Pax was why his Hulk was the way he was, was because they took everything from him. You know, he was always angry, and he played off some of the concepts that Peter David put before him, but now he's had happiness, he's had everything, and now you take it away from him. Now he's even madder. Now you have different, you know, now you have a Hulk that has a family that didn't even know, that wanted a family. He wanted all these things, and you just took it from him because you can't give him that. Jeff Loeb at McGinnis's run. They deal with, like, you know, how far are you willing to go to destroy the very thing that you hate that you feel like destroyed your own life? Are you willing to become that monster? You know, Mark Wade, you know, I'm going to give you a much more simple, straightforward, like, breath of fresh air with straight up. I'm Bruce Banner. I want to fix what problems I have with the Hulk. Just send me where you need me to be and leave me alone. That's it. And it kind of works out that way. And with Jason Aaron, his run, which his run was not that long either, was really just the Hulk and Bruce Banner never truly, at least to me, they'll never truly be one. There's always a struggle. There's always the internal struggle between the two. Because Bruce Banner fears what the Hulk is at the end of the day. And Bruce Banner ha or the Hulk hates the fact that Bruce Banner fears what the Hulk is. When the Hulk in a lot of ways, yes, he's a monster. Yes, he's a destroyer. He does all these things. But at the end of the day, he's also can do good. And those themes, all I've just discussed, powerful themes that, like I said earlier, we as human beings, we as anybody who really looks at them, can understand. 
And we can, you know, truly get behind those. And we can truly, you know, in all intents and purposes, understand the emotions of it all. And I figured that at the end of the day, we all, you know, I guess at the end of the day, I guess my overall theme I kind of want, or overall thing I want to throw out to everybody is, all of us really want to hulk out one day. All of us truly want to just let loose, let the anger out, let everything out, just like the Hulk does. You know, when you see a two-year-old throwing a temper tantrum, you know, that's him thinking. And a lot of ways, if you compare that, you can look at it as the Hulk when he's punching his stuff when he's mad. Or him or her is just angry because you took away something they wanted. You can basically bring that all the way back. And it's crazy when you think about that theme of just a character that, you know, was an allegory for Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. But now with the complexities you really throw his way, he's totally something different. And it overall really does show you that the layers of a character you don't really think you know... You think it's pretty straightforward, which the Hulk is, in a lot of ways. But it's how the writing and the themes play in to make a character that can be very simple become something so much more complex. So, <laughs> I figured that, now I'm not doing part four. This is the crescendo for the Hulk, at least for now. I'm going to put it out there for you guys, so... Probably could have went a little more in depth with Jason Aaron, with Mark Wade and Jason Aaron, but they're two shorter runs that, at the end of the day, they're they're droplets in the wakes of Jeff Loeb, Greg Pak, and Peter David. What they did. Oh, and uh, in case you're wondering, so for people who are kind of curious, the Maestro, who when I talked about with Peter David's run. He's coming back. So Peter David's actually going to be writing a new ongoing Maestro Hulk story with how Future Imperfect got to the way it is. And I believe it comes out in August? Don't fall... There's a uh, trailer up, in case you guys are wondering, on Marvel Entertainment's YouTube channel. Again, not promoted by Marvel or anything like that. I just kind of just do stories because I want to talk about them. But if you guys are like, hey, I'm curious about... Hulk, or I'm curious about just something different that I don't want to have to deal with main continuity. Definitely. Or you're like, hey, I, what would happen if I want a little bit of a deranged Hulk, not like Mark Mark Millar, old man Logan Hulk, but one that is pretty visceral. Then I'd say Peter David's Maestro, definitely a good way to go. So, just for people who are kind of trying to figure out what comic book to kind of go into, where to kind of go... Definitely, Maestro is a good way, if you're, especially if you like the Hulk or you just want something that's not a straightforward, you know, has to deal with continuity, where it can be, all sorts of purposes, it's just a, you know, it's its own, its own thing. I think it helps out. So, figure I'd throw that out to you guys as I'm closing this up. So, uh, again, thank you guys for listening to this.
hopefully you guys have enjoyed all of it. And uh, yeah, wherever you're listening to the podcast on, if you guys want to comment, like, subscribe, whatever. Or if you just want to message me like, hey, dude, I really liked what you did with such and such. You know, I like the feedback. I like people kind of, you know, throwing ideas out to me, new characters they want to know about. You know, see what books maybe I may have read, may have not read. Or if they just want me to just talk about, you know, just different things and how I rework another character. If they want to throw a rework a character out to me, I don't mind it. It works out for me. It kind of beats the boredom when it comes down to having to, <laughs> I guess, overall think of how would I work another rework another character that might get stuck in my brain. So, uh, yeah, with that being said, uh, thanks, and uh, have a great day. Later.